We've been sharing stories all throughout this Holy Spirit series of how we collectively as a community have seen God at work. And so take a look at the screen as we share another story. Okay, so hi, I am Natasha K. Carey. I'm married to David. And I want to share a time in my life when um, I felt the Lord speaking to me and saw the manifestation of my faithfulness. So my oldest daughter, who is a lawyer and living in Boston, now um, at the time she was a second year law student and she had won this terrific internship in Washington, D.C. At that time, we were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was a single mom and trying to eke out um, a living for myself and my girls. So housing was a big issue because with an internship, you have to provide your own housing and transportation. Um, one of her favorite professors suggested that she um, stay with this professor's brother and her flight is on a Tuesday. On the Sunday before her flight, Sunday afternoon, right after we get out of church, she gets a phone call and she looks devastated. She's just falling apart in front of my eyes. She hangs up the phone and she says, he said, I can't stay at their house. And I said, what? What do you mean? And she said, yeah, mom, he said that I can't stay there. It was just a very jarring and discombobulating moment. So we left and went home and we prayed together before we went to bed. And I said to her, I said, you are getting on that plane on Tuesday morning. And I don't know what God is going to do, but the God that we serve is going to have a place for you to stay this summer. And I I think I even said, like, if he has to have someone there when you get off the plane holding your name, saying, God told me to hold this sign for someone named Devon, that's what God is going to do. And there are times in our lives when we don't know what to do, and so we just start doing something that we think makes sense. The thing that made sense to me was to reach out to friends who I knew had lived in the D.C. area and find out where they went to church, because I know that the body of Christ is far and wide and that we are commissioned to help each other. This one friend of mine connected me with his former pastor, and his former pastor said, Hey, um, don't really have a phone number, but if you Google this name of a church, then maybe something will come up and you can call them. And so, you know, I was very, like, let down, deflated, crestfallen, one might say, over that. And... I did it anyway. I Googled the name of the church, and there were several that came up um, in the search, and I just picked the first one randomly, really. And I called the number, and I think I called another church, but no one answered. And so anyway, I called the next number, someone answered, and I just vomited in the man's ear. I was like, and this is happening, and it's going to be tomorrow, and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know what? write everything that you just told me in an email and send it to me and I will send it out to 
our church members. And I just felt that he didn't get the urgency that 24 hours she was going to be arriving. So anyway, I, in that still, I'm obedient. And I, I sent the email at about noon local time. And within 45 minutes, so it wasn't even one o'clock, I got seven emails in return saying, she can stay with me. She can stay with us for two weeks. She can stay with us for three weeks. And as it turns out, um, when my daughter landed, they gave her instruction, like you take the train to this stop and you're going to get off that stop and you're going to take the escalator up to street level and someone's going to be waiting for you. And what was really amazing to me is that, and she my daughter shared this with me. She said, Mom, remember that Sunday night when you said, you don't know what's going to happen, but the God that we serve could have someone waiting for you. And that's what happened. There was a person waiting for her at the top of the escalator. And that person said, you're not staying with me, but I'm going to take you to the person's house where you are staying. Well, God worked it out and it was incredible. And it was a tremendous faith leap, faith growth moment for me. Um, and, and also for my daughter. And it taught us that when you are at the lowest you think you can be, God is there with you. The verse in the Bible it reminded me of was, let God be true and every man be a liar. And that if God is for you, who can be against you? And absolutely, every moment in my life has not worked out like that. But every day, every moment that I, every situation that I rely on the Holy Spirit yields this tremendous faith leap, faith boost for me. Well, church, I hope that you have been encouraged and not only are encouraged um, to know that God is moving and that, like TK said, that there are stories after stories of the way that God is moving in your life, in our lives, and our, and our purpose and our desire at Pine Lake is just to open ourselves up to the fact that God is working, God is moving, and we want to hear. We want to see. We want to listen. And so that is what we're doing. I've heard countless stories already in this series, and I hope you have—I hope to hear more. I hope you are encouraged to hear and to see how the Holy Spirit is moving. And if you have been joining us in this 929 challenge, we're at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 9 p.m., that we open ourselves to listen to the Holy Spirit, I want you to hear me now. If you have been engaging that and you haven't heard a thing— it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean God's silent. It doesn't mean that God's not working. It means we continue to be faithful as he is faithful. And so I want you to, to uh, open uh, your Bibles with me to John um, chapter 10. We read this last week. Uh, Pastor Mark talked about uh, the first uh, section of this and about hearing God and what the questions that we have. And we're going to finish it out, but I want to read the whole thing for us. And so if you have your Bible in front of me, in front of you, or whether it's digital or in hand, I'd love for you to pull that out, or you can follow it on the screen. It says this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. And the one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by his own name, by, by name, and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So therefore, Jesus said again. Remember, when he says things twice, it should pique your interest. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill, to still kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This past week, um, our family was uh, at Disney, and I know what you're thinking right now. Maybe you saw some of the pictures, and you're like, "Oh, that's so fun and so cute. Let me tell you, it is not. <laughs> because what it does in my heart is it gives me a lot of anxiety. I don't know if you're a parent that gets anxiety when your kid's around a, a, a big um, park, and if your kids are anything like my kids, maybe you saw up here, is they have a, a, a chance to wander, Right? And when they wander, you're like, oh man, this is terrible. But the thing that I think it afforded me and my wife was so good this last time is that when our, parent, when our kids wander a little bit and they're looking around and their antennas go up, their antennas going up for one thing and one thing only. My voice or my wife's voice. And when I speak out and call their name, they attune themselves. They don't look the other way. They look right to me. And I thought about this, is that God is the same way with us. Is that when we wander, our job right now as sheep is to, when we feel like we're far away, is to put our ears and our antennas up and listen for his voice. I want to tell you very clearly in the scripture saying that Jesus, yes, is telling a parable, but it's not a riddle. He says very plainly, the sheep are to know his voice. God isn't changing his voice minute after minute, second after second, so to confuse you. He speaks the same voice in the same tone in the same language to you all the time. He wants you to know his voice. Being a follower of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus isn't a riddle that only the smartest figure out. It's for everybody to know the voice of God. But maybe you're like, and we we're talking about it this morning, is that we need to learn to listen. That's what the 929, that's what the Holy Spirit is. We need to learn to listen. But today we're talking about it. As, as we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we need to learn then to discern. We need to listen so that we discern. But I'm going to let a friend of mine do the introduction of what we're talking about tonight, uh, or today. Um, Disney, if anybody's seen this movie, Emperor's New Groove, this character is my favorite character, Krunk. Um, and in this moment, he gets a, uh, a, a taste of what it looks like to have the voices in his head play out in, in real time. And the three voices that we're going to talk about today that I think are really important for us to know and discern are your voice, the evil one's voice, 
and God's voice. And you might be like, like three, and I want to talk about three because I think this is really important. As we open up ourselves to learn to listen, we need to discern your voice. And we start with your voice because it's the one that you talk, uh, or that you hear the most often, right? You hear it all the time. Maybe you're like me and you listen to a voicemail of yourself and you're like, please don't ever listen to me again. Like, if you hate your voice, you're in good company. I hate listening to my voice uh, recorded. But I like the inner voice. But the inner voice is something that, that we hear often, but often in our culture today, our inner voice says that it is the voice of which you listen to, right? It is the one that culture says, you do you. So whatever you feel, you do. Or, or live your truth, which says that whatever is subjective to you right now, what is true for you right now, live it. Live your truth. So the voice that you often listen to that is in your head the most is one that we need to discern that says it's not evil. Your voice is not evil. But it is your voice. And one of the things that we need to know is that when we were um, in Florida, this kind of came to me, is that we were uh, staying at a house that was in a gated community. And that gated community, then they were given a transponder. We were and put it on our car. And then when we approached the gate, what happened? It opened up. It opened up because a transponder for whoever was in authority over that community, it opened up because they gave it to me and said, this person belongs here. It didn't open up because it was like, oh my gosh, Austin Bailey is in our community. Yes! Just open the doors, let him come through, and if you're with him, everything will be open to you. No golf fees. The workout facility, the pool, everything will be good. No, 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 no. But that's the thing that sometimes happens with our voice, is that when we believe the cultural word to us that you do you, you live your truth, is that we believe that the gate of life opens to us. But Jesus says, I am the gatekeeper. It opens from him. And so we have to understand that your voice is not the authority. It's not the one that brings life. So you know your voice. You also need to know the voice of the evil one. And why do you say like, oh, Austin, we're getting super spiritual now. And we're evangelical covenant, but we're not like that type of like denomination or church. But here's the thing. It's true, you need to know the evil one's voice because not because I'm like being super spiritual, because Jesus says it in here, it says that the thief comes to do one thing. Well, it's a set of things, but it's one thing. They all run into the same thing, to still kill and destroy. When we're opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, you better believe that the evil one is now going, I got you. And the evil one is subtle. The evil one is subtle from the garden into the wilderness with Jesus. The evil one is subtle that says things that sound a lot like God, but isn't. And this is why it's so important to understand the discerning value of your voice and the evil one's voice. The evil one's voice is centered around this kind of idea and this language. There's one thing that I think that it goes around. And yes, the evil one could tell you like, oh, that told the person to murder or to commit adultery or to steal or to do all those things. But I think today, for us as followers and disciples of Jesus, the voice that the evil one comes in is one of shame. And I don't know if any of you have felt like the weight of shame or you're saying, man, I feel like it's the Holy Spirit because 
it's wanting me to go in a certain direction, but from the language that the evil one uses is things like this. If you only did this, if you would have done that, if you didn't miss this, if you were only this or that, then you would be worthy of God's love. Then he would use you more. Then you wouldn't feel like an imposter. Then the Holy Spirit might speak to you more. It is out of this intuition that the evil one speaks to say that it's not by Jesus, his blood, his death, and his resurrection, which is the way that we enter into the gate. But if you listen to your voice and would do certain things better, if you would pray more, if you read your Bible more, if you'd come to Tuesdays together more. I didn't say that. Sorry. The Holy Spirit was just speaking, right? <laughs> if you have an experience, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you don't know. But the evil one is there to say, mm, you know what? A little shame, a little bit of shame, and a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then all of a sudden it feels overwhelming. How many times I have talked to students and adults that say they're number one, the thing that keeps them from God or keeps them from feeling that they are in a relationship with Jesus or hearing the Holy Spirit is shame. It's not God's voice. It's not the Holy Spirit's voice. It is the evil one's voice. Your voice, the evil one's voice are two different things. And here's the thing about the evil one's voice. And in here, I thought this was incredible is that Jesus says this, and I'm telling you right now, I don't want you to get so good at recognizing the evil one's voice that you know it. What it says, he goes, when my sheep who know my voice and know my name, when another voice speaks, the evil one's voice, they run. Can I tell you, when you hear a voice that says, if you did this, if you did that, if you, if you hear one that is an accusatory, run. Run. Don't play games with the devil thinking you're not smart. Run. Run. And then lastly, we talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's voice is so distinctly different than your voice and the evil one's voice. Because in the same way, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Spirit... That Jesus has come to give life and life abundantly. This one says to the full, but I love that. Abundant life. Like the spirit that is in you, living and residing in you right now, the Holy Spirit who says, you are my son and daughter. I have come to bring you life. Not a synthetic version of your own voice and what it creates. I think there's a lot of us that mix up the Holy Spirit's voice and our voice too as well. Like us that are following Jesus or feel like we're really committed, we get these things confused because sometimes we take a synthetic version of life that we can control and create ourselves. But the Holy Spirit has come to give life. And the life that he is offering is one that is found in the truth of God's word as that he comes and everything that the Holy Spirit does is to redeem restore and make all things new again. 
that that shame that you feel or that direction that you feel like is in your life, Jesus comes to wipe that away, to take the weight of the shame or your expectations of how you can earn God's favor. He says, I'm going to bring you life. I'm going to bring you life. I'm going to restore your relationship with God and with one another. I'm going to redeem your relationship with God and with one another. I am going to bring life where brokenness is filled in your presence. I'm going to bring life. And this is the thing that we talk about the Holy Spirit is that it incredibly uh, moves me to continue to follow Jesus is because when I get a taste of actually listening to the Spirit and I move in the direction that Spirit wants me, I filled with life that is not a well that runs dry, that is overflowing and that fills my whole life and then spills out to everybody. When I am filled by the Spirit and life, you get splashed. It's like going on Disney Splash. It's like, you know, um, Splash Mountain that they've now closed. But, right, you, don't, you, can't, you can't get in a seat where you stay dry. And I wish as Christians we would get in on a ride of life with the Holy Spirit where we don't stay dry. Where you don't feel like, hmm, I'll just do this Christian life and I'll make it to the end of the ride and I'll get off and I'll be with Jesus. That's a life lived following your own voice. It's a life that feels like things are not moving in the direction you want them to move. Because you listen to your voice. The Holy Spirit will come in and is to the very midst of your brokenness and start to heal, redeem, restore all things back to him and back to you. And at the same time, as he fills you up, you overflow onto others. This is one of the, oh. When you're filled by the Spirit, you can't contain it to yourself. Ask somebody who you feel like is, has life and life to the full that follows Jesus, and I will guarantee you that it flows onto people around them. That's what I want to be. That's where I want to be. And I know those moments where I'm not overflowing in life around the people next to me, it's because I'm following my voice and I'm following the evil one's voice. That I'm embedded in my own shame or my own desires. When I am moving with the Spirit, I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I'm a better pastor, friend, staff member. I'm a better stranger. I'm a better driver. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> but truly, you got to start discerning those voices. The part of the 929 challenge that I want you to say, if you stop doing it, do it again. Jump back in. Because maybe your thing is it not that God is not talking to you, but you have yet to discern and distinguish your voice, the evil one's voice, and the Holy Spirit's voice. Maybe your, your prayer is in this, God, I just, I know you're speaking, but I don't quite know your voice yet. I'm in Disney and I'm looking for you and I can't find you. Will you speak so that I know you're near? Because he brings life, not synthetic version of it. Life, life to the full. Life that you only dare dream or imagine about it. Put your life and your expectations up to Jesus's and I guarantee you he'll blow them out of the water. 
And if you don't believe so, dare you to try it. Dare you. Will you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, I don't know where we all are, but I know one thing is that we all need something from you. And so whether in our own lives, and you know this across the board where we're at, you are a good, good God. Spirit, you know where we are, and you're not going to overwhelm us. And so some of us need just a slow trickle. We just need a slow trigger that's not oppressive, that doesn't feel like a weight. God, some of us need a more steady stream in our life to know that you are there, that you are working. God, and some of us need to be drenched because we've gotten used to the slow drip or the constant, and we want to be blown away. But Holy Spirit, you say that the only way that that happens is if we come to Jesus And we say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I want to put all my plans down and I'll lay them down at your feet. Say, I want you and you only. I've tried to do it myself and I've sinned and I've messed it all up. I can't do it anymore. So Jesus, will you fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I might find and follow you all the days of my life together with brothers and sisters who walk this with me? And Holy Spirit, then I'm asking you to do what you always do. Live into your faithfulness. To speak. To help us learn to know your voice. We ask this in your name.